Hey, I'm Whitney. I'm Taylor. And we're the Ghost Sisters. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. So uh, I don't have any business. We don't ever yeah, have Yeah, I was like, I feel like you don't need to say we don't have any business because we we never have business. It should really be like, hey, we, we have, have business. business. Yeah. And then we'll talk about that whenever we have business. But we do not. So that's fair. That's fair. Well, then we'll just jump into today. Are you ready? Rumble. Okay. Mm. No. <laughs> Are you ready to go a little too close to home, Whitney? I don't know in what way you mean like physically like close to home or like this is gonna like hit hard in the chest we we are going to look at three places that were influential in our childhoods well that's upsetting so we are going to start with Brownwood, Texas. Hey! Hey! So originally the plan was the entire episode was going to be on Brownwood, Texas, but there's only like two haunted things in Brownwood. We extended yeah. it. Somehow it's it's worthy. So we're going to start with Brownwood, Texas, and we're going to take a dive into the two places that I found. And luckily one of them is Lake Brownwood. Hey! Hey, geographic information, of course, it is part of Central Texas. It is part of the Texas Hill Country. It has a humid subtropical climate, which means that it has hot summers to mild to cool winters. For those of us who have ever been there, yes, we know that. Is it humid? I feel like whenever we've gone, it was much drier than, you know, where we were actually at. Humid subtropical has a little bit to do with moisture, but it has more to do with the temperature of the area. So it's just named humid subtropical because it's not considered arid. Science so. with Taylor. Yeah. So uh, this is the county seat of Brown County, and it is uh, 1,380 feet above sea level. So Okay. The current population is at an all-time low of 18,713 people. <laughs> so, wow. What was it like yeah. in its heyday? I feel like there's never anything going on. Like, it surprises no. me that there's almost 2,000 people. 20,000, you mean? Oh, yes, 20,000. I For <laughs> some reason, I thought you said, like, 1,800. No. So yeah, I was 18, like, 000. wow. Well, okay, yeah. well, then I'm even more impressed. Way to go, Brownwood. I know. Congratulations. So apparently, it's heyday. It was like in the 20,000s. <laughs> so oh, it's not so too not, low, not but it's, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, oh, wow, I thought that that was the high point. So Whitney and I, we grew up going to Brownwood, mm -hmm. and it has always been the smallest town. Another town that we're going to talk about is even smaller, but that's okay. It's, she's like, what are we going to talk about? Uh, I'm trying to think of other small towns that we both know. And the only one that I can think of is me. Like it, it involves me, but we'll, we'll get there, I guess. Oh, what? Okay. Me. Apparently not. All right. You said no, it had to do with no. like everything that hit close to home. So yeah. Yeah. It'll make sense in a minute. The history of Brownwood 
is kind of interesting. Of course, it is Native American land, and it was inhabited by the Lipan, the Apache, and the Comanche tribes, which we're going to get a little bit further into here in a little bit. And it was taken over by Spanish missionaries in the 18th century, and then officially settled by Europeans in the 19th century. So uh, they, of course, worked to push all of the Indian Native American population out into the reservations and that kind of thing what no way that's crazy (laughs) so brownwood was actually founded by a man named captain henry stevenson brown in 1857 named brownwood because his last name was brown brown county was also named after him but where did the wood come from well it's kind of like ville that they just add ville to things you're like make it a city your mom's like Ville. Your ass. <laughs> Your mom's ass. <laughs> Your mom's okay. asshole. Okay. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> okay. She's sitting there like, so, what the fuck? <laughs> come on, you guys. 19th century or late 19th century saw the railroads come in, which of course accelerated the growth of the town and that made connections with major markets and good shipping. And then it became a cultural and agricultural hub, which or commercial and agricultural hub, which it's still considered that, but knowing Brownwood the way I know Brownwood doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Come come again? Like what yeah. what? They had a Starbucks yeah. for a day, I think. Like what what do you mean you're what? No. <laughs> they just got they just got something other than Walmart out there. So oh, it- CC's, uh, right? They had CC's and then that Yeah, they had a CC's, yeah. And they had a, a Planet Fitness. They were really doing good there for a minute. Wow. Well, I mean, their numbers have dwindled, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, population has gone down by <laughs> approximately 2,000. Not so cattle ranching. 20,000. Not 20, yeah. Cattle ranching and cotton farming, of course, are the big ones out there. And... Throughout the 20th century, they see economic diversification where we started to include educational institutions such as Howard Payne University, manufacturing, and retail. And what? I just, I, like, Howard Payne pulled up. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no, this was a dream. Never mind. I don't know why I was thinking about it. And I was like, I need to go to Brownwood and go to Howard Payne University. But for some reason, I thought about it more. And I was like, no, that's over by Lubbock. But that was incorrect. Oh, yeah. No. Dad tried to get me to, to go live out in Brownwood and go to Howard Payne. Same. He was like, oh, my God, it's free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, no, I'm not going there. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then in World War II, it came it became home to Camp Bowie, not to be mistaken with the one in Fort Worth. It's a large military training camp camp, which brought an influx of soldiers and economic activity. And right now it is considered a regional center for educators, healthcare, and commerce. What? I really hope no one from Brownwood is listening to this and listening to us laughing about it. But in all fairness, we have been going to Brownwood since we were, what, like 10 and 8? Like, we've been going for a very long time. Yeah, but also, like, what? I mean, if you guys are from Brownwood and you are listening, I hope y'all are as shocked as we are. I mean... Whenever we went, my biggest memory is being in Humphrey Pete's, which actually straddles the line between Brownwood and Early, um, mm-hmm. and 
talking to someone, they were like, yeah, the biggest news that we had last week was a dude riding his tractor down Main Street. Like, this is the town we are talking about that somehow is the commercial hub and educational medical hub (laughs) of Texas that people have not fucking heard of. Okay. So, again, it's mentioned, this has... Brownwood maintains a small town charm while still being an important economic and cultural hub for Central Texas. Can we stop using the word hub? Like I need, I, I need a different word, like a, a commercial and economic area. Like it's not area, a hub; it's an area. Yeah. Like Austin, San Antonio, Houston, DFW; those are hubs. Yeah, this is an area. we need to be clear about that i don't know what sorts you have but it's incorrect i feel i feel like stevenville is more of a hub than brownwood and even that like i don't know but let's get into the different areas that we're going to talk about so the first place that we're going to talk about is lake brownwood and we're going to talk about the flat rock park part of lake brownwoods for context here just so whitney and our parents and people who have been where we're going know where we are where we used to visit lake brownwood was on the northeast side of the lake this is on the south side of the lake okay i was like is this the park that we used to go to unsupervised no okay no so Geographic information for those who don't know where Lake Brownwood it is, it it is eight miles north of Brownwood, Texas, and it has an approximate area coverage of about 7,300 acres, and it has a drainage area of 1,535 square miles. Average depth of the lake is about 25 feet with a max depth of 95 feet. So it's a pretty deep lake, all things considered. Most The history... Mostly good. Good things. But, Yeah. Yeah. So Native American, going into the history here, Native Americans, specifically the Lapan and the Eastern Apache, were the first groups in the area. But by the mid-1700s, the Comanches expanded their territory out towards Lake Brownwood because they became adept at horseback riding. And they basically just kicked all the other tribes out of the regions. This was great for, of course, hunting and irrigation and all that stuff. European settlers came in. Of course, Henry S. Brown was the first one to to come into the area in 1828. They entered what is now named Brown County in pursuit of a Comanche raiding party that had come through and basically raided their camps and stuff. And whenever they went through, they were like, oh, this place is pretty nice. And 1852... So about 20 years after that, Captain Randolph B. Marcy led an expedition through the area and noted that Pecan Bayou, which was the precursor to Lake Brownwood, was a favorite spot of all of the Native American tribes. Okay. So they started coming in and they started to conflict basically with the Native American tribes that were in the area because of course. And by the late 19th century, most of the Native American tribes have been forcibly removed from Central Texas. Mm -hmm. Of course. Of course. So Lake Brownwood didn't actually become a concept until there was a devastating flood in 1900 where 
they basically decided that they needed to control the flooding of Pecan Bayou and Jim Ned Creek, which is a tributary to Pecan Bayou. So they began to construct a dam in 1920s and it was completed in 1933 and they were really worried initially that the lake was going to take forever to fill up because 73,000 acres is a lot and they ended up not having to worry too much because in 1932 in July, there was a record-breaking flood which basically covered seventy or uh, 7,000 acres almost overnight. So. Wow. The lake filled up and it was immediately <laughs> parts of the land were bought up by this Texas, Texas. Wow. Texas is Texas, y'all. <laughs> oh, it takes us to over here and over there. <laughs> the Texas State Parks Board bought the land for Lake Brownwood State Park in 1934. What's really interesting is that all 538 acres were bought from Brown County Water Improvement District Number One for one dollar. Ah, uh, how times have changed. One dollar, <laughs> yes, for five hundred thirty-eight. I, I love, I love going back and looking at that kind of stuff, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We bought this for like twenty-five cents, and we're like, oh, okay, it's three point five million dollars now. But okay, yeah, exactly, that's fine. Yeah. So right after they bought that, well, I say right after 1942 was whenever the development of the state park was finished. And now the lake itself is used for irrigation, but also for drinking water, which is concerning. Oh, <laughs> like I'm sure it goes through. Used, yeah, I was like, but... like it's used for drinking water after it has been processed. Co correct. Yes. Hopefully yeah, no like, one I... except for animals is going over there and being like gulp, gulp. Yeah, I would anticipate like the water that we we had at the lake was actually processed from the lake, which is we can hope. We used purified water, like we went and bought water because we yeah, were we normally had like because yeah, we would wash our dishes with the water, but we normally had bottles of water. Yeah, and even if we like no, because we would like buy ice and everything too. Like we we didn't. Yeah, we didn't really drink the water. Our water was the processed elsewhere. Yeah. I was going to say the animals did, but no, we actually filled their stuff with purified water too. No. In addition to drinking water, it's used for recreation with water sports and outdoor, outdoor activities. If you guys so, are hearing some kind of weird whine happening, which I've been told whenever we say this, no one hears anything. But if you do... Sophie is very upset that she is in the room with me and she wants to leave, but she's also cold and she is shaking and she is whining. So yeah, she just needs to sit just down with her case. little sweater and her blanket and be a little burrito. Yeah. But she is refusing. Anyways. Yes. So the haunting that is found in Lake Brownwood. So this particular haunting is inherent to the entire lake, not necessarily one part of the lake. So there is supposedly a girl that drowned in Pecan Bayou. Okay. And this is before Lake Brownwood was built. And this is legend. There is no official documentation of this. When you say this is has... before it was built, like before the lake was filled in by this epic flood, or, I mean, obviously Be she couldn't have drowned before the lake existed, but before like the, the community was created like before the lake itself became a concept she drowned in the bayou okay yes 
again, this is legend that there's no official documentation, but people have had experiences. And I happen to find an experience that somebody wrote down. You can hear a... <laughs> How else would you have found it? What what other... Did they come to you at a oh, dream? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just... I was excited and I to have talk just even one thing about this. So that came to me while I was staring at the moon one night and I said, Oh, Brownwood, what's wrong with you? And they said, <laughs> Well, I have been haunted for years. No, didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was written That's exactly down. what happened. The Got universe, it. The universe spoke to me. Okay. Okay. So apparently you. At any point on the lake, you can hear a little girl's laugh at night. Some have seen a little girl running down a walkway and to a dock and then jumping off the dock and then there's no one there. There are also reports of swimmers, even strong swimmers, drowning in Lake Brownwood under very unusual circumstances. And this is where this story comes in. So wait, hold on. I have a question. Yas, what's your question? My qua my question. Is mm-hmm. whatever they see her like run and jump off of the pier, are there splashes? No, it's just like she jumps off the pier and that's it. Okay. That's, I didn't know if they yeah. like, like I hear a splash and like as she's jumping up, kind of like I, that just, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. And so, also I'm glad that we did not drown while we played in that lake. Just saying. I know. Yeah. And well, and that's <laughs> thinking about this particular story considering we used to go like tubing and stuff and out on the boat and stuff like it's yeah so this story comes from bianca t she changed her name for privacy and i got it from backpackerverse.com she was 13 years old and had been on a swim team since she was 10 and her family used to go camping at the lake all uh, every year uh in the summer and with RVs and tents and stuff like that. And she and her cousin, Tommy decided to go swimming right after waking up because it was super hot that weekend. And so they went down to the lake on their own. And just like with us wandering around to the park by ourselves, their parents didn't really worry about them going off on their own. So they ran to the water, they dove down. She dove down to touch the bottom. Cause it was like maybe six feet at that point, if she had to guess. And then she and Tommy started playing and they were splashing each other when all of a sudden he stops and he looks very intently at the water. And she asks him what the matter is. And he says that he thinks he thought he saw something really strange in the water. And she said, don't try to frighten me by telling me it's a bull shark because I know that's a load of crap. I'm guessing that there's some story behind that, but she didn't elaborate. Okay. So they both laughed because I was like, that's a weird thing to state. That was very um, specific, but all right. Yes. Yes. So they both laughed. They started horsing around again. She said she looked over five minutes later and Tommy is white as a sheet. And she asked what it was now. And she's getting kind of like irritated. And he said, something grabbed my foot. And she said, I'm not as gullible as you think I am. And she, he said, B, I'm being totally serious. Something grabbed my, and as he f- said, foot, Something grabbed her around the ankle and dragged her under the water. And so she's turning around trying to see what's attacking her. And she comes face to face with a girl who looked to be about her age. Super pale, long black hair and black eyes. No irises, no corneas, just black eyes, which immediately made me think black black eyed children. children. 
Yeah. So um, she said the little girl smirked at her. And then that was whenever Bianca realized that she could actually die. And so she started fighting and kicking and she managed to strike the girl in the jaw. And she kept doing that until the girl released her ankle to like hit her. And at that point, Tommy swam down and pushed his thumbs into the girl's eyes and pulled Bianca up to the surface. Oh, that's some like I feel like don't fuck with black eyed children, but also like legit don't fuck with their black eyes. Like I feel like you're <laughs> yes. you're gonna get some bad juju out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So she said that of course whenever she told people, people told her she was crazy. Well yeah. Um, but she said they still go to Lake Brownwood every year, but they don't get in the water anymore. And I I just think of the times that we were fishing and the times that we were out on the boat and swimming and, you know, tubing. And I was like, dear God, if we ever, especially back when I had a phobia of that kind of stuff, like, ooh. So. I remember, like, when we would go tubing, it mm-hmm. made me super nervous, like, having my feet in the water and stuff. Because I was like, I don't know where the bottom is. I don't know if yeah. something's going to touch me. Like, would it be seaweed? Would it be a fish? I don't know. Like, what if something grabs mm-hmm. me? Like, I had that thought, but I just thought I was crazy. No, So that's actually really interesting. I wonder if you had some kind of intuitive moment because you were, we were maybe like, what, nine and 11 whenever we were doing that kind yeah. of stuff. And you were still pretty open, like, psychically mm-hmm. to that kind of stuff. So maybe you were just, you were sensing the thing. But, but uh, she was like, don't fuck with Whitney. I know you don't fuck with black eyed children, but don't fuck with Whitney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Black eyed children are scared of me. Knock on wood. Okay. Somebody knock on wood. I don't want anything to happen. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> don't, Here you go. <laughs> thank you. Don't come at me. <laughs> All right. So the other story that comes from Lake Brownwood is specific to Flat Rock Park. Uh, Basically, people that are trying to pull their boats out of the water either run into some electrical issues that the boat has never experienced before and never experiences again. Like they cannot get their boat out of or into the water Mm -hmm. or they find damage as though they hit a large rock when there are no large rocks on that side of the lake. So they start wondering, where did I hit a rock? And there is none. It's a human. Oh God. Yeah. So that is the only two things that I found about Lake Brownwood and Flat Rock Point. The other place that I found is an area known as Keys Crossing. And it is slightly to the south of Brownwood. It's still considered part of Brownwood, but it's kind of like how, what do I want to say? Like at Katy where Cinco Ranch is technically part of Katy, but they named it its own thing on the map. Yeah. Kind of thing. So all of Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Keys Crossing is home to about 310 people. Very small. Very small. And there is a legend of three ghosts that are thought to be Native American. They can be seen kneeling by the river at night, tossing roses into the water. And they're thought to be mourning the loss of a family member. So multiple people have seen this and they said that if they linger in the area, the figures will stand up, look at them and then vanish. Let it linger. (laughs) So, and then my question then is, 
Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about ghosts. So if they're throwing the roses into the water and they vanish, do the roses vanish? I don't know. It didn't say anything about it. My guess be- is that the people that reported this were so freaked out by three people vanishing in front of them that they didn't think to go look at the water. Oh, I I would. I would be like, what the fuck? I would, yeah. And then I would go in and I would investigate. And then if there were flowers <laughs> in the water, I would be like, oh, fucking shit. That uh-huh. was real. Yeah. And they straight up vanished. <laughs> and then I would shit myself. And then I would leave. Yes. That's right. It would be my shit floating in the river with the roses. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yes. So the next one doesn't really make sense to me, but they say that there is a Native American curse that if you are driving too fast at night, it would result in the vehicle flipping exactly three times and then the occupants being severely injured or passing away. And they say that there are shadow figures that come out whenever the person is driving through, causes them to swerve and then flip the car. I don't know why Native Americans would be upset about you driving too fast, considering it's their car, land. Like, it's not I our guess, land. Like, it doesn't. It's just a weird. To the New it's York a weird Islands. thing to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing to associate with Native American culture. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, is it though? Because I'm thinking about about. Whenever I was talking about like the killer cars and stuff, and there's that one mm-hmm. that one pass where you had to like hello to whatever was there, or else it would kill you if you're like taking oh, that corner true. and stuff. So like, I mean, not yeah. that that had anything to do. Obviously, this was in England, so there weren't Native Americans, but Native people of some sort. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe they just are like, can you just be respectful with your weird ass machine? Maybe. Like, <laughs> your mechanical horse. <laughs> I'm just assuming, like, if they if they are old spirits, they don't quite know what cars are. And so I would hope yeah. that they would be like, whatever this monstrosity is, just slow mm-hmm. down. Okay? Yeah. 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 So those are the two areas that I found for Brownwood. Okay. I fully expected Howard Payne University to have something. It doesn't. I wouldn't expect that. It just, universities always have some kind of weird stuff associated with them. And then there was also the Lyric Theater and the Indian Creek Cemetery and like another memorial. There was Brownwood Memorial Hospital that was reportedly haunted, but I couldn't find anything on it. Okay. I was like, are these just honorable mentions? (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, these were places that whenever I started looking, they seemed really promising. And then when I looked further, there was nothing on them. Mm, Okay. So if you're from Brownwood and you know stories about these places, hit me up. And also, don't judge us for thinking that your town is teeny tiny. Okay, so are you ready to travel a little further north, Whitney? Sure. Sure. Because we're going to La Mesa, Texas. (laughs) Whoa. Wait, what? No, they can't be haunted. They are smaller. Do not tell me that their population size is somehow 20 fucking thousand. There's no goddamn no. way. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, <it's not>. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who do not know what La Mesa, Texas is, it is a city or a, a city. It's a town 60 miles south of Lubbock, Texas. And, and it, it is, is the no county- hub. If anyone says it's a fucking hub, they can go die in a hole. Because what the fuck? 
So, um, county seat for Dawson County, and it has a population as of 2024 of 8,676 people. What? That's still, yeah. I expected like, like 800. Like, I don't, they, it's like literally their biggest, what the fuck? My mind is blown. They don't, they have, they have a, a Sonic, they have a Dairy Queen, and a United. Guys, it's not even like an actual grocery store. Like it is, it's not, it's not like you're not going to find Kroger. You're not going to find Tom Thumb. You're not going to find like H-E-B for those of you in Texas. No, 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 no. It's not even a Walmart. It's a United. Yep. It's a United. Like, wh- <laughs> I, have, I can't. The, the, the geographic and history is what's most mind-boggling to you. Because what the, it's, <sighs> Now I feel like you're going to tell me like all the other places that we like have seen growing up and everything like what Odessa? It's literally Odessa. Just like a a block uh, is going to somehow have 10,000 people and it's just one street somehow like what? No. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into history. So pre-settlement. This was part of what's known as the Comanche Trail, which was used for hunting and travel by Native American tribes such as the Apache and who would have guessed the Comanche. Europeans. That is shocking news to me. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Um, the Europeans started coming in. Spanish explorers came in in the 16th and 17th century, but because it's so arid and there were hostile Native American tribes, they basically were like, nah, we gonna leave that alone. <laughs> and so. Valid. Uh, so it really wasn't settled until the late 19th century due to cattle grazing and agriculture. Oh, it was like on uh, accident? Like, no. <laughs> um, and the Homestead Act basically made it worth it to come out and do it. Okay. La Mesa as a town was founded in the early, I wrote earthly, in the earthly 20th century. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the Marsley because, like, that would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. 1903, it became the county seat for the newly formed Dawson County. La Mesa, a lot of people have, there's a joke that goes around La Mesa of how do you actually pronounce this? Is it, uh, or the husband and wife are in line at Dairy Queen, and one says it's pronounced La Mesa, the other says it's pronounced La Mesa, and then when they get to the window, they say, "What do you? How do you pronounce the name of this place?" And the person at the drive-through goes, "Dairy Queen." Mm-hmm. So, I remember Mammy telling us that a lot. That was um, actually told at a bluegrass festival. Was that was that that yes. bluegrass festival we went to? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it was a bluegrass festival and it was the man who was uh doing the bluegrass festival who got on stage <laughs> and was like, "Thank you guys so much for having me here in La Mesa. Uh La Mesa, La Mesa." And then told that story of him and his wife. So Ah, uh, uh, okay, uh. okay. Yeah. Uh so La Mesa is how it's actually pronounced, but it is a combination of the Spanish words la and mesa, which means the table, because it's fucking flat out there. It's flat, it's <laughs> so. hot, it's dry, everything's dead. <laughs> Everything brown. <laughs> yes. There, There is no centerpiece on that table. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's just flat and brown. It's yep. just gross. Railroad. Oh, here you go, Whitney. Railroad development in the early 1900s saw an increase in agriculture and trade, making it a regional hub. Fuck that. <laughs> it is not a hub. This is some bullshit. <laughs> I need whoever 
is naming these things hubs to go back to <laughs> school. These places are not hubs. This is not, I need, what the fuck? No. <laughs> this is some bullshit. This is like saying that a ghost town is a hub. It's got like population 10, which is what I expected Lamisa to have. But no, it's not a hub. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad that I found your trigger point here. So I just this- need people to not call things hubs whenever there's no one there. And no one's heard okay. of it. <laughs> okay, so in the 20th century, it became primarily known whoa, primarily known for cotton farming, and it still sure, is, and we course. can attest to that. Yes, seen a we lot used of cotton. To go out and yep. Cotton um, oil cotton penis, yes. Oil was discovered in Dawson County in the mid-20th century, which brought some prosperity. And due to fluctuating agriculture and oil industries, La Mesa faces a lot of hardships, but it still remains a close-knit agricultural community with a rich cultural heritage, such as the Chicken Fried Steak Festival that they hold annually. I'm sorry, what? Yes! I was like, what? involved with this fucking town for years, decades, decades! I'd never heard of this. For some reason, our grandma would go and buy out the 99 cent corn dogs at Sonic, but never mention this fucking festival. Like, what is- right. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, what the actual fuck, mammy? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Due to Lamisa being so small, I was actually really surprised to find something haunted there. And it's literally an elementary school. There isn't a lot of information. Okay. What? Just It's like the one elementary school. It's just you, the way that you said it's literally an elementary school. Like we were joking about it <laughs> maybe being an elementary school or something. <laughs> no. You're like, it literally is. I know we talked oh. about it. Never. But it literally is. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so triggered my asthma cough. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> so this is haunted by two ghost children, and one's a boy, one's a girl, and they're wearing Western style clothing from the late 19th to early 20th century. Of course. Of course, this was a period of significant settlement and development for all of West Texas. Now I'm just and- thinking of them wearing like little cowboy outfits. Yeah, they and, like, said little like little outfits, but not. I'm sure what they are meeting is like, like almost little house on the prairie kind of thing like the bonnet so, like the dress but i'm thinking of like the cute little adorable cowboy boots that you could buy yeah. now for children that's what i'm thinking of and i'm like oh they're cute yeah. little ghosts no on the source that i looked at they literally said little house on the prairie style clothing okay so good job good yay gave me knowing some history yeah. fashion for some reason <laughs> so they can be seen walking the halls laughing and playing with each other so they're not harmful or anything but they freak out the kids and then there are some True. other unexplained things that happened. They have the occurrences of unexplained objects moving, so possible poltergeist activity. And one time they had a very heavy lid fly off of a gumball jar and land across the room. Why would that so. make it poltergeist activity? Can it not just be the kids being like, ha ha? Well, typically the movement of objects in general is considered poltergeist activity. 
I would think it would just be ghosty. <laughs> just it's just ghosty. It's just ghosty. Just ghosty. So that was our little foray into La Mesa, Texas. Are you ready to go a little farther north? To what? To what? 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 Dim it? We're going to No. Oh, I should do dim it. No. Actually, you probably should because dim it yeah. has uh they've got that like PO POW like cell and everything. Yeah. And so I yeah. think they actually had like some more stuff. So you should check into Dimmit. Okay. And if they have a population one. over 5,000, I'm going to beat someone. <laughs> She's going to fucking riot. No, we are going to Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to be shocked so. at this um, population. And I'm also okay if it's a hub. I have okay. my standards. Okay. <laughs> okay. So for those who don't know where Bartlesville, Oklahoma is, it's just south of the Oklahoma, Kansas border border. 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 And 40 <laughs> 47 miles north of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is home to the Price Tower, which was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. And it's kind of their, you know, they're very proud of that tower. And it has a population of 37,670 people. Okay. That's actually less than I expected. Somehow they are, or Brownwood is somehow almost as big as them. And that Mm -hmm. is (laughs) gut-wrenching. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So history-wise, they are home to the Osage Nation, which is a rich hunting ground for the Osage tribe. And European American settlement really, really came with the establishment as a trading post by Jacob Bartles in 1875, who was a merchant and a postmaster. Of course, Bartlesville was named after him. And he married a woman of Cherokee descent, which helped him integrate better into the Native American communities. So Mm. he apparently used that to his advantage. Bartlesville became a thing in 1897 and immediately after they discovered oil. And that led to rapid economic transformation and growth. The very first commercial oil well was the Nellie Johnstone, which led to an oil boom. And that led to Frank Phillips who established the Phillips Petroleum Company, which is now known as Phillips 66 Sadly, in Bartlesville. My thought was, and we all know who that is, but actually, no, no one does. No. Um, <laughs> only if you are from Phillips or Bartlesville, would you know who that is? Mm-hmm. But okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so that has continued to help the town's prosperity and growth. 20th century, they had the Price Tower built, which of course, Frank Lloyd Wright and the oil industry still doing the thing. And right now, They're focusing more on community development, cultural enrichment, and preserving its historical heritage. And they host music festivals such as the OKM Music, or that used to be known as the Oklahoma Mozart Festival, which I didn't know was a thing either. I'm I'm less upset about not knowing about that than the fried chicken festival. (laughs) But chicken fried steak? Like shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, what? And it's probably what, uh, now I'm trying to think of the main restaurant in La Vista that probably is the one that puts it on. Oh, that steakhouse? Yeah. It's not like Bob's or something. 
Oh, I forgot about Bob's. Jim Jim Bob's? Jim Jimbo's? Jimbo's? No, what was that place called? No, it was maybe it was Jim Bob's. I don't know. It was like a a, a what you call it, a buffet kind of thing. Or yeah, cafeteria I remember, style kind of thing. I remember going for like events and it didn't matter what kind of event like someone died we went there it was christmas we went there Mm -hmm. easter we Mm -hmm. went there yeah i think it was just fancy yeah they i was gonna say they have an actual steakhouse now but no that's that's bartlesville (laughs) yeah bartlesville has an actual steakhouse yeah that's why i was saying i'm less shocked yeah okay if bartlesville is a hub which it is. Yes. Yeah. Continue. Yes. Continue with your so, spooks. We have four places. Okay. okay. We got four places we're going to talk about here. The okay. first of which you and I have been to personally. It is Frank and Lola's. So do you not remember? Oh, yeah. No, I've heard about Frank and Lola's. Yeah. Like it's I know the, we've the been there, but I've heard place. about the, yes, no, I know what it is. Yes. I've heard of the haunting. You've heard about the haunting. Yes. yes. Geographic information. It was, it's on 200 East 2nd Street in the number one suite, I guess. And the history is it is established in the 1910 Buford and Son building in downtown Bartlesville. And according to the U.S. National Park's National Register of Historic Places, it was part of Bartlesville's history for over a century. Of course, it was built in 1910. And the first floor was used as retail and office space. But the upper stories were used first as the Antlers Hotel from 1910 until 1919. Then it became the Congress Hotel until 1946. Mm -hmm. And then 1946 to 1972, it was the Hinkle Hotel. And then in 2008 was whenever Frank and Lola's was established. Okay. So Frank and Lola's is supposedly haunted by a prostitute that was named Estelle. Now, I couldn't find information about when this particular area was run as a brothel, but it's reported that it was. And honestly, it was the Antlers, the Congress, and the Hinkle Hotel. There could have been kind of a backroom brothel kind of thing that was never officially recognized. You know, kind of like a, I don't know, prostitution ring kind of thing. But I would assume so, because that's just how that time went. Right, yeah, so... She was supposedly murdered by one of the Johns that she was engaging, and she can be seen and heard at all times on the property. So that's it for the for the uh, for Frank and Lola's. But apparently she's pretty. Yeah, I was kind of surprised because they made such a big deal about it. But whenever I really started to dig into it, they were like, this is all we know. I was like, oh, so cool, bro. The next three you have never heard of. This is, and this is actually one when I told mom and dad that we, I was doing Bartlesville. Dad was like, oh, there used to be this place, which is known as either the Labity or the Labity Mansion. And I don't know which one it is. If you're from, I should have texted dad and been like, how do you fucking say this? If you're from Bartlesville and you- <laughs> if you're from Bartlesville and you know how to say it please don't at me I tried um so this area is slightly north of Bartlesville it's very rural and the mansion itself is accessible via a hiking trail and it's considered one of the most haunted locations in Oklahoma 
Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So it was built in the late 19th century by the Labity. I'm going to say Labity because that just makes more sense to me. It just makes Family. me think of Porky Pig. So they lived there until 1935. The early 1900s for them was a time of tragedy. And there are three different stories that came out for the death of two people known as Frank Labity and his wife, Samantha Labity. So um, Frank and Samantha, the first one, there's a legend that says that Frank caught his wife, Samantha, having an affair with a servant named Enos Parsons. She got pregnant with him after having had years of trouble getting pregnant with Frank. So Frank, yeah, Frank was pissed, went into a rage and shot and killed Parsons, waited until the baby was born, took the baby and threw it into a nearby creek, killing it. Yes. And then shot Samantha and then himself. Oh my God. So, like what I do what Yeah. What? I that's an insane story. And even then the next one That's like nine months in the making. Like you you Yes. You just stewed on that for nine months? Like I at right. that point Not that I condone murder whatsoever, but just shoot her. Right. What, like, yeah. Why draw? Why, why draw that up? What the f- unless, unless he was trying to like prove a point, kind of thing. I'm sure like, he was, but it's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So the second story is that Frank went mad and killed his whole family before he committed suicide by jumping out of the third story attic window. Okay. Not quite as salacious and just kind of like okay. okay. So the last and likely most probable way that they died, which is very not salacious at all, is that both of them died of carbon monoxide poisoning due to improperly ventilated stoves and fireplaces. Okay. When, when was this again? This was back in the early 1900s. Okay. So like we wouldn't have like autopsy records and bullshit? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Because I'm like, that's a pretty... <laughs> it's pretty mundane pretty way easy die. way to figure yeah. out which was true yeah but if we didn't so do autopsies I'm less less inclined on the very first like super crazy one because it's reported regardless of how they died they died the day after their 50th wedding anniversary and they were found by their nephew who was coming to congratulate them 50th wedding anniversary i mean there's possibility that they got married when they were like 10 because of the time but you're still talking about possible 60 year olds yeah and and she's popping out another baby i was just saying the 1900s i think it was a problem having a baby even at like 20 so yeah so yeah i'm a little less i'm i'm leaning more towards a carbon monoxide thing but or it's it's the 1900s it's just the old age of it 1900 yeah that's all. true like, they just died yeah they just died so they and their children and several of their relatives are buried near the mansion in the family cemetery okay and there are two fires that came through and destroyed the house the only thing that's left is the stone outer structure and the fireplace so it's really eerie out there it's all overgrown and abandoned and yeah okay so the hauntings that they see here are the spirits of Frank and Enos. 
they hear and see they see a baby and they hear the cries of a baby samantha has been seen walking the property to scare people off they hear voices footsteps they can even hear gunshots sometimes the fireplace will have smoke in it when there's no fire lit so now like i understand where they got the first thing from the first yeah. story as far as the baby and yeah, yeah, like you're hearing all this stuff yeah. but at the same time like the 1900s is it not possible yeah. that a baby was just born and it died and like we just have residual gunfire for something or like maybe frank and enos were just pissed at each other and had a gunfight like we, we don't right okay yeah there's no and of course none of this was documented so right so that's why all, i'm like yeah. it could be people have created a story with what they've seen or yes. heard but yes. so people will also smell and see smoke and they see shadows move within the smoke which could just be pareidolia because it's smoke but also i don't like that that you see figures. In yeah, the I don't like that either. Like that's it. really horrifying. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's not okay. Investigators have issues with electronics and flashlights acting erratically and then failing once they're on the property. And like failing to the point that they can't get it back kind of thing. Hmm. Kind of like what happened in the cemetery with my the with recorders. recorder. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, they both corrupted randomly. Yeah. So the next place is a place called Jesse Creek Cemetery. And I immediately had to go and be like, is this a cemetery that grandma's buried in? It's not. Okay. This is a cemetery that's a few miles south of Bartlesville. Like maybe I'd say it's still part of Bartlesville, but it's on the Southern side. Mm -hmm. It dates back to the 19th century because of course, early settlers were dying all over the place and they needed to be buried. Mm -hmm. Um, The tombstones are weathered and sometimes unreadable, but I found a website that people who have people buried in that cemetery can go and report their loved ones as buried. So yeah. they're getting a repository of the people that are buried in that cemetery in there now. Cool, and I was like, cool. that's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still, I'm that, sure they still don't know who, who is who. Yes. But at least, you yeah, know like, that they're there. Was there. One, yeah. There was one that the last name was like Thompsonson or something like that, or Thompson. And it had like the first two names, but then after that, they'd had no first names. It was like five Thompsons that had no first huh, name. Okay. But the earliest grave that I saw on there was some, was a child. He was like three years old that was born in 1857 and died in 1860. Hmm. Okay. So old ass cemetery. Oh yeah. 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 They, of course, the hauntings that you see, digital cameras malfunctioning, you'll see full body apparitions, shadow figures, floating orbs, rapid temperature changes and touching, unseen touching. This is where I get like, they hear noises, voices, screams, cries and growls. Okay. Ooh, I don't Uh. like it. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last place that we're going to talk about is the Dewey Hotel Museum. And Dewey is literally, it's basically part of Bartlesville. It's five okay. miles north. That's I was like, why does Dewey sound familiar? Yeah, okay. yeah. It was built by Jacob Bartles, and he founded Dewey and Bartlesville in 1899, and it opened in May. Oh, I'm sorry. The, his, the hotel itself was built by Jacob Bartles. He founded Dewey. He founded Bartlesville. And... He started building it in 1899, opened it in May of 1900. It served as a social and business hub. 
Um, mm. <laughs> it was a symbol of prosperity and growth. And was known for its Victorian architecture. The museum okay. has been... The museum part of the hotel was created to preserve the building and the history of Dewey. Kind of like that really old house in Dimmit that they turned into a museum. Right. So the hauntings that you get here are figures and apparitions, voices and footsteps, cold spots, feeling like you're being watched or you're not alone, objects moving on their own or being displaced, and they think there's a male presence that can be felt upstairs. It's thought to be Jacob Bartles himself, as the hotel oh. was actually home oh. for him and his wife nanny oh. yeah so i was like well shit maybe we should go check this place out and so the i hell found away they have a ghost hunting team that like basically runs the tours there okay it's 200 dollars an hour with a four-hour minimum winnie oh, oh, it's not it's not 200 dollars an hour then it is 800 dollars yeah. And then two hundred dollars yeah. an hour after that, like the, you, you, yeah. you call it what it is. Also, why are you so like, special? You're fucking Dewey. God damn it! I was like, the USS Lexington caught charges seventy five bucks. Like for, you're not even for an eight hour investigation. And it's a ship. It's a full on. It was an active ship. People yeah. have heard of the USS Lexington. Nobody's heard of you, Dewey. Like what the fuck? Like <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, so you didn't get me upset yeah. about the hub, but you've got me upset about this bullshit. Like, come on. I am glad. I'm glad that you're just as outraged like, as I am. Like, this I... is ridiculous. It would be like, oh my God. If for some reason, like Brownwood, if Howard Payne University was <laughs> haunted and they were like, just yeah. for that, your tuition is now going to be $100,000. What the fuck? No, it's not. You're yeah. Howard Payne University yeah. and no one has probably heard of you. <laughs> or if you have heard of them, way to go. But you've not heard of Brownwood, so stop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so that wraps up our part one, I guess, of our two close to home series, where we investigate, I look into the different places that Whitney and I grew up. <laughs> so, it's upsetting. Yeah, I o know oddly, you were outraged through most of this. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say oddly, the upsetting part has nothing to do with the hauntings. Except for the with, last one. Well, yeah, except for, but that still isn't even the haunting. It's more That's monetary. The, yeah. Yes, that is the organization that is running that bullshit because fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then people need to learn what so. the word hub, like, like, <laughs> like. Yeah. I don't. I just every, if no one every time I type that. No. If no one has heard of your town, like literally I've told people, hey, I'm going to Bartlesville or something like that. One of my bosses was like, hey, Whitney, you can't just make up cities. And I was like, I am not <laughs> making up a city. Thanks, Chris. So if people oh, think fantastic. that I am making up cities like La Mesa or Bartlesville, uh, then you can't be a fucking hub. You can't. Right. Now, I understand if you are a hub in the 1900s because nothing else fucking existed, but you are not a hub But not now. now. Yeah, not now. Or even in the yeah. more modern century. Like, no, you you are not. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Okay. That's the end of my okay. soapbox. I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> 
So if y'all if y'all really want to like you know send us some cash so we can go to the Dewey Hotel because apparently it's going to cost us a thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, buy some cash. We'll she do means a thousand dollars. Don't just send me five bucks. That's not going to work. No, I was like, we need to be specific here. Like, I can only afford. <laughs> barely the extra hour okay so like <laughs> i can't I even afford help. that <laughs> no i can't afford any of that so if y'all want to hear more about dewey and their bullshit <laughs> someone needs to send us some money please <laughs> yep money please so, yeah money please so if you live in any of these places and you want to fill in some gaps that I may have hit, then, or if you know of another place that would be interesting, or hit me up. We and... have offended you in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, if we have offended you in some way, shape, or form, please remember that we have been going to these places for 20 plus years. So we have the right to have an opinion on them. <laughs> exactly. It's not like we just yeah. picked a, a dot on the map and are upset yes. about it being called a hub. <laughs> we're about to get her going so we hope you keep listening <laughs> we will spook you later bitches spooky later bitches sorry that bitches was very hard and it was not directed at it you was. guys at all no it was directed at uh, it was directed at dewey okay i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> okay bye okay bye <laughs> 